Good morning, everyone. I don't know about you, but I feel the sweet spirit, the Holy Spirit in this place. What a beautiful song to begin the sermonic moment. I am so grateful to your pastor for the invitation to be here with you all today. And I do pray that God will just continue to be in this place with us as we worship. I bring you greetings from Third Baptist Church of Chicago, where my pastor is T.D. Hughes, and I serve as the executive pastor. And it is an honor. So the passage of scripture for today is Matthew 13. Matthew 5, excuse me, verse 13, and I will read it for your hearing. Feel free to stand if you so desire, if that is custom of this house. Uh, Verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. For your hearing today, I'd like to title this, Don't Lose Your Flavor. Don't Lose Your Flavor. In today's passage of scripture, we find Jesus talking to the masses. And this passage is historically known as the Sermon on the Mount. And we find Jesus sharing these words of wisdom and enlightenment to his people, the people who've decided to follow him, the people who've decided to come and listen. So we find Jesus sharing these words, and as he's preaching this sermon, he decides to break and start to share parables. And I was told that you guys have been in parables this summer and you're learning about parables. So you already know that a parable is a short story that reveals lessons or morals that we should adhere to. And so Jesus stops to tell this parable about salt. And what I love about Jesus is that he uses things that we're already familiar with. We see it all through the Bible. When he speaks in parables, he will use something that people are already familiar with something that they know, something that they've experienced before. So here, he uses salt. Now, I don't know about you all, but I love a good salty treat. Am I alone? Sometimes when I can't sleep at night, I'll find a treat on my nightstand, and I'll grab that salty treat. What's a pretzel without salt? What's a Lay's potato chip without salt? What's a ruffle without salt? What's popcorn without salt? We all know salt. We know what it is. We know it's flavorful. We know that it awakens uh, the senses. We know what salt is. And I believe the people of that day did as well. They knew what salt was. They were very familiar with salt. So Jesus uses something that people are already familiar with to teach them something new. That's where we find Jesus in the text today. He uses something to teach them something new. Everybody already knows what salt is. Everyone knew what salt was then. And I'm here to tell you that even now, today, tomorrow, forevermore, salt will always be the same. And so we have it in the text to remind us just what salt is. And for us, it's who we are. According to the ACS.org, Chemistry Life says that salt does more than simply add saltiness. It can also enhance sweetness. Did you guys know that salt can enhance sweetness as well? 
It can enhance sweetness and it adds to the flavor. It can hide an unpleasant metallic or chemical flavors. It uh, surrounding, it rounds out the overall balance of flavors, improving the taste of food. And here we are in the text, Jesus comparing human beings to salt. In verse 13, I would like to read it again. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. As I wrestled with this parable, the first thing I saw was identity. The first thing the Holy Spirit started to reveal to me was identity. Jesus says you are salt, not you could be salt, or maybe one day you'll be salt, or if you think hard enough or try hard enough, you'll be salt. But Jesus says you are salt. Automatically, he has made us that way. You are salt. And as I thought about that, I received a few revelations that I want to share with you all today. First one being, you have a distinct identity. Jesus chooses to reveal it to us in this parable today. You have a distinct identity. Jesus tells his followers that they are salt. This declaration was made to the masses. Whoever chose to listen that day heard that they were salt. And I believe that this declaration is still true for every last one of us now. Sitting under the sound of my voice, I believe it's still true today that you are salt. We are salt. As I began to study more, the original Greek word for salt is halas, which means something used to season food, something used to fertilize land, and something used to preserve things. So not only was salt used as flavor for that time, salt was used to preserve. There was no refrigeration in the ancient days. We all know that, right? In ancient biblical days, there was no refrigeration. We have refrigeration now, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I can put my food in the refrigerator and not have to worry about it spoiling. But that was not always the case. There was no refrigeration and salt was used to store meat. It was used to ensure that the meat would be uh, good for us to eat. It removed bacteria. It was used to preserve the meat. And the people of that day knew that. So I can imagine. Can you imagine with me? Let's use our sanctified imagination. Can you see the people in the crowd? And Jesus is speaking to them that they are salt. Can you imagine what their minds must have been thinking about? Jesus, what do you mean I'm salt? How can I be salt? How can I be flavor? How can I be something that preserves things? I can imagine that the crowds may have been thinking many different things. I can even imagine maybe some were silent, just listening and pondering on what Jesus brought before them that day, that they were salt. Jesus took this moment to give them identity. He took this moment to let them know that they are literally the flavor of the world, that they bring something into the world that otherwise would not be there, that they bring something to the world that can change the world, that can literally make it a better place. 
they are the flavor. And so Jesus takes this time and he uses this moment to build character and to teach on identity. You're the one that keeps things moving. I can imagine in uh, the, the sermon that Jesus may have said, you are the ones that are going to keep things moving. You are the ones that are going to continue to pour out into the world. You are the ones that are going to do good things, that are going to prosper and prosper the world. I can see Jesus saying, it's you. You are the ones. It's us. We are the ones. In many commentaries, theologians bring light to the reality that the world putrefies. It decays. There is a a constant change through the passing of the years. And I believe that if we were to trace history, we would find ourselves and we would agree that we've seen some egregious things in the world. We've seen people be harmed in the world by others. We've seen some very difficult things in the world. And even if we watch the news today, we might see some very difficult things at times. Targeting of marginalized people, we see double-minded leadership in high places. Sometimes we even see creation of laws that can sometimes harm other communities. We see things that could potentially destroy our world. The same things that were happening back in Jesus' day They saw some really difficult things. And we too today still see really difficult things. But the message for us today is that we are the ones who should be bringing the flavor into the world. The children of God, the ones who profess to believe in Jesus, the ones who follow his teachings and follow the parables and listen and and receive them. We are the ones who should be the salt and the flavor in the world. I really love this text and I I love how not only does Jesus talk about salt, but he does it right after he blesses them. Anybody read the Beatitudes a few verses right before this verse in chapter five? Jesus uses the Beatitudes and he blesses the people in the crowds using the Beatitudes, he blesses them. And what I found so beautiful about the blessing and the Beatitudes is it speaks to difficult times in life. He blesses the mourning, those who mourn. We've all experienced grief. We've all mourned the loss of loved ones or the loss of a job or something that we held near and dear. We've all mourned. He blesses the poor in spirit. We've all been poor in spirit at one time or another. We can relate to that. We've all had some circumstances or some conditions in life that has caused some kind of turmoil or a little bit of strife, even in our families. We've all experienced something. And so Jesus blesses the people, reminds them, in my mind, he reminds them that they are not their circumstances, and then he gives them their real identity. He tells them who they really are, and that's the salt. I love the way this passage comes together that right before a blessing, we receive our identity. Right as God is blessing us and showing us that through any difficult circumstance, he will be with us. He will guide us. He will lead us. Has anybody ever experienced God leading you and guiding you through difficult situations? He will lead us and guide us and bless us along the way. 
and then give us identity. Show us who we really are. Build us up. Show us that we are more than our circumstances, more than our condition, the condition of the world. He shows us that we are salt. So I find this text to just come together so powerfully that blessings over circumstances is what God wants us to see about this life. Jesus extends these blessings and he does it in a way that leaves the people believing that they are more than they thought they were. I like to suggest that maybe he gave those blessings for them to overcome, to literally be able to overcome any circumstance that ever comes their way. And I just stopped by to tell you all that whatever life may bring, that we serve a God who will meet us where we are and who will come to us even in the lowliest times. God will be right there with us. And even when things are going glorious, there may be people around us who are experiencing the lowliest of times. But God has given us something to be able to pour into others and restore and bring healing and help in their time of need. And I see this in the passage that God is calling us to something very specific as he calls us the salt. Jesus said to his people that you are the salt. But he didn't just stop there. As I continued to read this verse, I saw that God was giving me another revelation about the text. That not only do we have a distinct identity, you have a distinct identity, you also have an identity that impacts your surroundings. All of us, we have the power to impact our surroundings. Jesus doesn't just say you are the salt, but he says you are the salt of the earth. I want to stop for a minute and talk about that word of. It's a preposition. The word of brings relation. The word of brings community. It ties you to something. And Jesus literally ties us to the earth. So I did a little bit more studying that original Greek word for the earth is gay. And that word literally means a, a surrounding portion of the earth. And as I thought about that, I said, God, could you be saying that you have made us the salt of our surrounding portion of the earth where we exist, where we spend our time? That is what we should be impacting our surroundings, the earth, but our direct surroundings. Jesus has attached us to not just ourselves, but to our surroundings and the people around us. And I thought about that, and I thought about what it would look like if we all felt connected to our surroundings. I know there may be many in the room who really feel connected. What if the whole world felt connected to our surroundings and thought about each other in a way where we wanted to make sure that there was no harm? What if the entire world could receive that message and could think about what we produce in our surroundings. And so Jesus says this to the people. He says that you are the very salt, not of yourself, but of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. And I thought about that, and I thought about what the salt of the earth looks like. And sometimes we can show up in a beautiful package. 
Sometimes we come well put together, we've got our beautiful clothes on, and we've made our hair look real, real nice, and we smell good, and everything about the package looks pretty good. But once you get to the core of it, what's really there? I remember one time I went to a friend's house. I'd never visited this friend before. And she cooked me a meal. It smelled so good, y'all. It smelled amazing. It looked so good. There was macaroni, and it was bright yellow and orange. It looked so good. There was fried chicken. It smelled so good. But y'all, when I took a bite, Oh, Lord. When I took a bite, it was bland. And I'm sitting there. What do I do? The food doesn't taste good. Do I keep eating it? So y'all ate it. But the reality was, the presentation was beautiful, but it just didn't taste good. Could have used some salt. It had lost its flavor. And I thought about that moment as I prepared this passage. And sometimes we can come into spaces and look one way, but then once we start to engage with people, we could appear another way, as though our flavor has left us, our salt has left us. There was a time when um, I had to um, reprimand someone in the church, and it was very difficult. And she had been really mean to some people in the church, and it ran a few people away. That's what they viewed God as. And they didn't come back. And she had been really mean. And I had to come to her and I had to share. Um, being the, exec, the, the leader at that time, I had to come and share. And I, I told her, I said, there are some people who are grieved by the experience with you. And she shared with me, well, I'm kind. I'm nice. I'm so kind to everybody. I offer hugs. I, I'm nice. And as I was sitting there listening to her, I thought about my encounters with her. They weren't nice. Have you ever experienced somebody telling you they were one way, but then they showed up a different way to you and you had to learn for yourself? That was the experience and I had to share it with her that you may appear to be one way or even desire to be one way, but we've gotta pay attention to how we really show up. How we really show up in the world and with people around us. And so it wasn't the best conversation but it was one that needed to be had. And so it's important for all of us to know how we show up in a space, to know how we show up in the room. Whenever we come around people, what's their experience of us? Now, I'm not saying you have to be overly concerned with what people think about you. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is we have to be cognizant of what people experience from us and what we give to others. So I thought about that and I thought about all of us today. I like to ask myself questions. Anybody else in the room ask yourself questions from time to time? Process some things, ask yourself how you really feel about a thing. So I wanna ask us, have we lost our flavor in any instances in life? Have we ever been in moments where maybe we didn't show up as the best version of ourselves? Have we ever spent some time with people and maybe thought about how that could have been done differently? That's what I believe the charge is for us today. I believe it's a reflective charge. I believe this parable is a charge for us today 
to really look at ourselves and really own the identity that Jesus desires for us to own. And that's to be the salt. So as I continue to wrestle with the text, and I believe the Holy Spirit just continued to reveal to me that if we're not careful with how we show up in the world, our identity can be challenged. We can find ourselves in a real identity crisis where we're not sure who we are. And so I want us to be careful as we think about the fact that we're supposed to be the saver, the very flavor. I'm gonna give you one more Greek word before I leave you. As I thought about the word flavor, I wanted to kind of get to the meat of what was really happening in this passage. And the original word there was marino, which means to be foolish or act foolishly to be tasteless. So Jesus isn't just telling them that they're salt. He's preparing them to not be foolish in the world to not be tasteless in how you respond to people or in what you say to people or in what you give to people or bring to people. Be tasteful, be tactful, make a good impact. In essence, the loss of savor and flavor is the loss of impact. And we don't wanna live without having in, any impact with the surrounding world around us. And so Jesus is calling us to this expectation to be the salt in the world, to be the salt in the earth, to be the very flavor, the wisdom, to be what is good in the world, to be what brings joy in the world. Jesus is calling us to be that. And we see in the text as the verse continues that if we don't, then we will find that we're not useful anymore. Salt without flavor is no good anymore. It's useless at that point. And so I want to give you some good news today that there is another way. As I thought about the text, there was one final revelation that I received and it's your identity can produce different outcomes. It can produce different outcomes. Verse 13 says, but if, salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled under. The word if is a conjunction, it's a conditional clause. It gives us an understanding that there are other possibilities if this happens. So there are multiple possibilities. And I'm so grateful that word if was in the text because it lets me know that there is always another way. It means that something has to happen before things just change. If signifies the reality that there are possibilities. Nothing is set in stone. You don't have to lose your flavor. You don't have to lose your wisdom. You don't have to lose your value. You don't have to lose every good and perfect thing that God has placed on the inside of you. But I did a little more research on that salt and learned that salt itself is sodium chloride and it's a compound that is extremely stable. It's extremely stable. It cannot lose its flavor on its own. And I believe that God created us the same way, extremely stable in him. That we can't lose our flavor on our own, 
But what can happen, salt might lose its flavor under certain conditions when it contains chemical impurities or other contaminations. For me, that simply means that the way we can lose our salt is to be contaminated by something else, to listen to the negative thinking or the negative speaking of people around us, to take those thoughts in and begin to ponder on them and then to begin to start thinking poorly of ourselves. As life transitions happen and we're unsure of what's next, maybe anxieties creep in, maybe some different thoughts may creep in, and how we handle it or respond is the way we can lose our salt or the way we keep our salt. And so I believe that this is a powerful message, even for now, as we continue to navigate the world around us, that we're to be the salt, we're to be the flavor, we are to be the wisdom, we're not to just take what others say and to then just uh, apply it to our lives, but we are to abide by what Jesus has said what Jesus thinks of us, what Jesus has said of us, who Jesus calls us. Jesus calls us his own. We belong to him. And that is how we ought to identify ourselves, as those that belong to Jesus. So as we prepare to close, as I close this sermon today, I want you to leave with the thoughts that as I continue in life, I've got something good to offer. I've got something good to bring, that Jesus himself has deemed that I am the salt. Jesus himself has said that I am the flavor. I've got great ideas. I can speak up. I can speak out. I can change things around me. I am who God says that I am. I want to know if there is anybody in the room today that is willing to stand on that identity. Who God says you are is who you are. Not who the world says you are, but who God says you are. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. So when things around us seem to be unstable, I want to remind you today that you are the salt you are the very flavor and the very essence that God wants to use today in the world. Amen.